Entrepreneur MBA podcast purpose is to help existing business owners grow their companies past the $10 million in revenue per year benchmark. Here is your host, Stephen Halasnik. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Halasnik, and I'm co-founder of Financing Solutions. Financing Solutions provides easy-to-set-up lines of credit for small businesses, and I'll be your host for today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. If you're interested in learning more about a line of credit for your business, please visit us at fscreditline.com. Again, fs, uh, as in financing solutions, creditline.com. Over the last 25 years, I have built six companies in the $5 million, $25 million range, including two companies on the Inc. 500 fastest growing companies in the United States. I love learning from people with business experience. And today... I'm very excited to be speaking with David Valentine from Avidel Agency. Dave owns seven businesses that have generated over $1 billion collectively for over 1,000 clients, including major brands and Fortune 100 companies like Target, Time Magazine, and American Express. At the age of 29, Dave's doctor said, are you prepared for your heart attack? And Dave realized he needed to learn how to scale his business without being overwhelmed by stress. Dave now runs multiple companies splitting time on a lake in Texas and in the mountains by a river with three waterfalls. David, welcome to today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. Steven, so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So today we're going to be talking about how to revolution how to revolutionize the way we reward good talent. And, uh, you know, certainly that word revolutionary, uh, revolutionize, um, you know, it, it conjures up the idea of a new, new ideas, which I think is, <laughs> is really, really good when it comes to dealing with talented people or your people in general. Yeah. So, you know, do you think you've always been good at rewarding good talent? No, no. In fact, I think... You know, when you're early on in your entrepreneurial career, you're like, can I find somebody that's good enough for the wage that I have? In my first business, you know, I had never hired anybody before. I'd only worked in-house in marketing uh, departments. I'd never owned a marketing agency. And so you're figuring out a lot. I, I remember, I think the first employee that we had, we brought her on part-time. I think we paid her $12 an hour. <laughs> and... You know, it was it was all we could afford. It was redlining us to just do that. And it's been a growth trajectory that is allowed, we're allowed to have in large part because we've found some semblance of success. And, you know, one of the things that I've found, Stephen, and I know that we, we've talked about this before we hit record, but, you know, as your company scales, you have new opportunities and new obstacles that occur. And one of those things that certainly happens is as you get into bigger and increasing revenue scales, your needs as an organization staffing wise dramatically increase. And so we've had to become very skilled at how we um, compensate and engage with our employees to make sure that they're compensated in a fashion that's befitting of the work that they bring to the table. Uh, you know, I, I'm laughing. I know, I know Dave can see me I'm not laughing. I'm smiling because I, I just thought of something. And I, you know, when you have 25 plus years in, in business, you, you forget, you forget a lot of things. And then something maybe reminds you back. I want to tell you the story about the first person I ever hired, right? I was working in my apartment uh, 
And so I decided business is going really well. I decided I'm going to hire this guy, right? So I hired this guy, right? And he's a smart guy, right? He's actually, he graduated from NYU, right? I mean, it's good school, right? So I hire him and I keep giving him work and he, he doesn't, he doesn't do it. And so I go back to him and I was like, wait a minute, I gave you this. Where are we this? Where are you with this? And he's like, you didn't give me that. I'm like, wait, what, what? (laughs) I'm like, okay, I guess I'm going so fast that I forgot. I go, well, here, do this, 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 this. It keeps happening. Finally, I, I said, wait a minute, I did give you this. And so the guy goes to me, well, I want to let you in on something. He goes, I was in a major motorcycle accident. He goes, and I had um, head trauma and I forget things. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh my no. God. You know, right? So we all have crazy stories uh, about yeah. people we've hired. But you know what? Listen, the Toltel sign to me is if you're blaming your employees yes. for leaving, for complaining, if you are sitting there and you're saying is, oh, it can't, you can't hire good people nowadays, which I hear all the A time. lot, yeah. Okay? Well, you know what? You better go look in the mirror <laughs> because it's not them. Right. Okay. It's not that, and if, and if, even if it is, and you think it's them, you got to change your attitude. Yeah. Because you know what? Everyone says that, oh, um, I want to be my own boss. I want to run my own company because that way I don't have to answer to anybody. Let me tell you something. Dave, when you agree, you are always answering to somebody. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Everybody says that you're right, Stephen. And then it's like, Okay, well, when you're first starting out and you're selling new customers and clients yourself and you're managing those customers and clients potentially, you just traded one boss for 25 bosses. That's right. <laughs> you know, yep. uh, and, and then when, uh, to your point about employees, as you scale up and people work for you, now you really have to answer to your staff. Now, people don't always view it that way when they're first getting started. They're like, they're going to report to me. Yeah, you can have that attitude for a short period of time and your glass door reviews are going to be horrendous and it's not yeah. going to work out well for you, right? And so, yeah, yeah you're, and you're always going to lose gonna some of the, and you're going to lose some people that really produce for you too. So, that's the Absolutely. thing is do you want to be the head honcho of of no employee company or do you kind of want to take it every once in a while? I'm not saying that you you kind of you you always give in, but I'm saying is, you know, you 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 better make your place a great place to work because it's it's going to definitely reflect your your success. 100%. Yeah, I mean it's one of the things I talk about with my leaders all the time. Not everybody should be a leader. Because to be a leader means when something goes wrong, it's your fault. Now, it may not be your fault, and you have to have the accountability to be like that's on me. And then when the team succeeds, it's not, it has nothing to do with you. It's all about them. And so if you don't have that mentality and you think it's just me, I'm the greatest in the world, you will burn through to your point, excellent staff 
incredible employees that do great work for you because you're not leading them. And there have been times in my career as an entrepreneur where I've had a great staff member who I knew was getting offers from other people. And I took a pay cut myself in order to give them a raise to keep them around. That's great leadership. And that's the kind of thing that it takes to build companies that grow and thrive. And, and you know that better than anyone, Stephen. Yeah, I mean, it certainly evolved. Um, everybody does. Nobody goes into their first company and is a great manager and is a great leader. It just doesn't work for your first company. It doesn't work that way. Um, you, you, you learn on the job. It's really tumultuous. Um, and you know, uh, so let's, let's kind of get dive into your subject a little bit more. And that is what is the revolutionary way of treating high performers or your, 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 your staff? Yeah. So I'm a huge subscriber into conscious capitalism, which essentially is this idea that it's, it's triple bottom line, but on another level, right? So I care about how our companies impact that we, we're profitable. I want to be profitable. That's important. Uh, I also care about our employees' happiness. How are they doing? Are we helping them achieve their personal goals to the best that we can? Uh, how are we impacting the environment? Um, and I, I like having clean rivers and streams and air you know, to breathe. And so how can we cut down on that? So all of our companies that can be remote are remote with the, the lone exception of the flight school, which has to have people there and uh, flying airplanes in order to be able to produce that that service. But uh, we, we really take an approach of going, hey, how can we compensate our employees really well? So using the flight school as an example, most flight schools in the area that we're in will pay their flight instructors 20 to 25 bucks an hour. We pay ours starting out at 30 uh, because we know that it's a tough job when you get up in an airplane with a student. Uh, the student is actually trying to kill you as an instructor. <laughs> is is uh, always the joke and it's a little bit uh, authentic just because they don't know what they're doing. And so we pay our employees really well and they that that makes a big jump, but that's not the only thing that we do. Uh, a couple times now we've found excellent staff members who for one reason or another are about to graduate on to something else because the business has shifted. We've we've tacked into a new uh, niche of service and we've said to those people, "Hey, listen, you don't have the capital. You're you're 25." You know, we're paying you $55,000 a year, whatever. Let's start a business and put people around you. So then my parent company that I own 100% of, we say, hey, listen, we're going to invest in you. We're going to give you equity in the company. Uh, we're going to pay you an increase in salary. And we're going to help you launch this business, uh, giving you leads and websites and logos and positioning and messaging and sales training and all these things that I never got to experience as an entrepreneur. And a lot of these people that we're investing into, Steve, and what's fascinating is their family doesn't come from money either. And so we're really finding these people that are hungry to grow, hungry to be developed into a successful business owner and making that transition from an entrepreneur to a business owner is challenging but effective. And we give them the tools and the resources to get that accomplished. I don't think I've ever heard someone say, the revolutionary way of um, keeping with so what, what's let me see what what is our title again? Revolutionary way to reward good talent is to pay them more, <laughs> right? That's because that I mean, am I and uh, wait a minute. I so I 
<laughs> I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're right. I'm just, I'm, did I hear you right? So that's that's a part of it. We have a goal that we would have all of our our lowest paid employee would make seventy five thousand dollars a year, um, and people say why, and it's it's really because uh, there have been a lot of studies that have been out there that have been done that show that that's where you essentially hit a pretty good level of happiness overall. You're able to go on a couple of vacations a year. They may not be extravagant, but they're not bad. You're able to have a decent house, pay your and you're bills. in Texas, right? You're, yeah, I mean, our company? people are. At, yeah, our, our companies are in Texas, but our people are everywhere. We have people in. So yeah, uh, from gotcha. from Maine to L.A. So I mean, like you know, I mean, yeah. there's there's some variance in there. Um, but but the other thing that we do that is revolutionary is we find excellent talent and we build businesses around them, literally from the ground up. And that's how we're. That's really the revolution is saying, hey, what if there are some people that are employees that you know don't want to be employees long haul. They want to yep. go have their own business instead you, of, man. yeah, no. instead of just doing, uh, hey, here's more money. Here's more money. What if you say, hey, let's go make some money together. And that's kind of. Yeah, I, uh, it's interesting. Of all my pe- the com- people I've worked with, I don't think I ever had anybody who I thought was, you know, entrepreneurial material. Now, I I had a couple of people that I thought were great for my second in command, which I did do that. Sure. But, you know, I never, of course, have never had anybody and said, I have this idea for this business. You know, you know, that would have been a different story, but I never had anybody like that. You know, maybe I wasn't hiring the right people. But, um, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I hear, I've heard this a number of times through other friends who are business owners. And they, they, I would hear this all the time. Oh my God, I have this opportunity to hire this person. They have all this experience and, but the, but yet they want, you know, $150,000 a year. They need $150,000 because that's what they were being paid before. Right. And I have yet to see that pay off. Yep. That somebody, you know, does <laughs> bring that person on. And they've been great, right? I have yet to see that work. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't, um, but I haven't seen it. And um, have you seen that too? Yeah, I I think that anytime that you are like, I'm going to go get this great person that's really uh, just phenomenal. I always go back to, and I know that we... We're talking football before as well. But I always think about the NFL and that 50% of the players that are playing in the NFL today went undrafted. I don't mean they were drafted in the wow. seventh round. as the, They That's weren't even drafted. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And the reason yeah. why those people get have great careers in the NFL uh, is that they have a chip on their shoulder. And so one of the things that we've really honed in on, Stephen, is we hire, promote, and fire based around our six core values that we have for every business. In fact, I've got a book that's coming out at the end of April that's all about this called The Core Values. And the reason why I bring that up is we hire people from retail stores all the time to come do marketing. Uh, We've hired people that are educators that come in to be flight instructors and run a flight school. And it's not because they're... Uh, you know, family or there's somebody that I know, it's because they have the core values and they embody those so well 
that, you know, what our first core value is tenacity. Our second one is curiosity. If you have tenacity and curiosity, you're going to figure out a lot of stuff. And so we love to hire what I call diamonds in the rough. And my chief of staff at the parent company, he is an absolute savant at this. So we brought in people before that we thought were going to be the person. We paid them more money than we wanted to pay for the position because they had all the experience that, that you were mentioning, Stephen. And the reality was every single one of them was not just a okay hire. They were bad hires every last one of them. Because what ended up happening was we went, this is going to make our life easier. This person's going to come in and they're going to fix it all. And the reality is that's a bad mentality to have. No one's going to do that. But what we've seen repeatedly is if we bring somebody in with the right core values, they will raise the ranks. So we've had three people in the past three years triple their salaries at various companies because they came in at a bottom tier position and then they worked their way up to a high level position, right hand running the company in my absence. Uh, some of them chief product officers. Some of, and so like there's all this opportunity within your organization and I love to vet people first. In fact, I'll give you one more example, but I think it's it's worth mentioning. There was a, we just had a, a chief product officer leave at one of our companies who had been with us for a long time. And she went about trying to find someone for that position. And we had some lower level positions available as well. And she found this guy that she was like, man, I, I think that he's, I think that he's fantastic. I think he's the next, next chief product officer. And his CV was, was impressive. Um, and he wanted to make a boatload of money. And we said, Hey, that's cool. Here's our budget. If you want this position, it can be yours. Here's the here's what we're going to pay for it. Uh, you can come down to us. And it wasn't a small decrease in pay. It was tens of thousands. And uh, he is, is a super nice guy. And as he's, we hired him for the lower level position because I told her when she came in or when she left, I said, look, we're not going to hire another chief product officer. We're going to see who can play really well at this level, and then we'll hire somebody out of that stack. And it's been interesting to, to note, Stephen, he's not even close to the front runner for that position at this point in time. And there are other people that have done exceptionally better than him. And so I think that that's one of those things on a repeated basis that I just see over and over again, is you can't just go hire the flashy hire, again, going harking back to sports, a lot of times the flashy free agent spending doesn't pan out, but developing and yeah. drafting your own talent does. Yeah. I, and I also see, um, I've never seen it work where somebody um, was making, they say they were making a lot of times we would ask for W2s, honestly, uh, a um, like 150 and then your position pays 110 and they come in and they're happy. They're never happy, right? Because uh, they just took a forty thousand dollar pay cut, and you you see this a lot of times in uh, when it when there was a growing uh, when the market was really hot for employers for employees, you know, where they can get a job in a lot of places, and then a recession hits, and they're used to making one fifty, and it takes them forever. And you see the same thing in the housing market where people paid you know a million dollars for their house, and then they have to put it on the market and they get, they get offers of $800,000 and like, no, my house is worth a million dollars. Like, no, your house is worth what someone's going to give you for it. 
So, you know, it's the same thing. And, you know, you know, it, you, you, you used a word before that I, uh, I want to dissect and you said the right values. And I Mm. think, I think really what you're saying is your values. Yeah. Right. Your company values. Correct. Okay. Because there's, let's just be fair. There is no right values. Okay. There is, there is your company's values. They're your values. And you are looking for people to fit into your values. Um, And I I think, so, you know, it's, 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 you know, Dave, you've been through this before too, but you know, when I started my, my fifth company, um, it was like my fourth company too, honestly. Uh, It was like, I knew exactly or in, you know, my last two companies have been with my business partner. So, you know, I want to definitely credit him because he had um, a very successful business too. And, and we knew exactly what we needed to do from day one. Right. We knew we had to have a CRM system. We knew we had to have accounting packages. We knew we had to have job descriptions. We knew we had to have measurements for employees. We knew we had to have a company culture that's identified. We knew, we, we knew we had to, you know, so on and so forth. It's like running a business. It's so, it's just, there's a formula for every single one. I don't care if you're in the advertising agency business. I don't care if you're in a product business. I don't care if you're in a staffing business. It's all the same. And I, and would you, would you agree with that? A hundred percent, you know, and, and I think that that's, when you're first starting out in your first business, I'm sure you can uh, go back 25 years ago, Stephen. Everything is an enigma, you know. Everything's like I have an idea of how to do marketing. I have an idea of how to do accounting and bookkeeping, and I, but you don't know. And then <clears throat> there comes a point where you've gotten the 10,000 hours, right? <laughs> and you kind of have an idea, you know, you know. So yeah. like every time that I start a business, I'm like, okay, what's the product? Who are we targeting? What are their pain points? What are their dreams? What are their asks? And this starts to build out the marketing and sales process and building out the product, honestly. And so that's one of the things that we've really figured out over time is it's like, think about every successful company you can imagine. Unless they're selling water, (laughs) they're going to have some sort of... um, guarantee or implied guarantee with it, you know? And there are some notable exceptions of that. But for the most part, even if you go buy a car right now, you have a warranty. What's a warranty? It's a guarantee that the car is going to keep working. Uh, Same if you go buy a new house, you know, they usually have a warranty on the brand new house. Why? It's a guarantee that it's going to not break. Uh, And so there's all these little things when you start to think about it. It's like the way that you build all your companies, uh, I'm sure that you know, I mean, you, you bring it up, so I know you do it. I have the same formula every time. It's rinse and repeat. Um, it may change very subtly, but it's essentially the exact same process. Yeah, yeah I was just thinking, it's been a long time since I looked at any books um, about, you know, building a startup. And, you know, I'm sure people, um, you know, there's just this blueprint, right? And the blueprint, and... You know, I just think that business owners who are new and uh, uh, all you need to do is follow the blueprint that somebody else figured out. Mm-hmm. And I and the reason why I'm just a big, big proponent of 
understanding your mission, understanding your culture, understanding your purpose, understanding uh, goals, understanding uh, that you got to have processes. Um, you know, it's just, you know, it, it, you know, I always say, listen, I don't, everyone's as always saying, Oh, business. Oh, business is so risky. I, I've, I've never felt that way. Okay. Um, I think it's more risky working for somebody else, honestly. Um, but, uh, you know, as far as your risk goes down, if you follow the blueprint of building a company. So you're, you, 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 you know, if you have a lot of those things taken care of, the culture, the mission, the, the value statements, the, the, um, you know, uh, you know, how are we going to generate leads? How are we going to convert clients? What's the cost to generate those clients? I mean, some of that information you got to learn as you go, right? But you reduce your risk because you're proving your model mm -hmm. instead of winging it, <laughs> right? Yes. Uh, yeah. So I think, you know, um, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure you are much more successful in the businesses you open up now versus the ones that you opened up on a percentage basis, right? I'm just, oh. You always have the ones where you got to pull the plug in and say that, listen, yeah. it's this one wasn't working, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's one of those things where, you know, over time I've been able to figure out, Hey, if we can't figure out the messaging and getting the traction for lead generation, I kill it within 12 months. And I used yeah. to, you know, early on, I would just beat my head up against the wall trying to get leads. And I, I nearly killed myself in my 20s uh, because I was just networking towards every sale. And it wasn't to some $10 million plus business. It was going to five networking events a week, some in the morning, some in the midday, some in the evening and working full time on top of that. And I got to a million, you know, and it's like, it was just enough to pay the bills for my family. And it wasn't enough for me to have any freedom. And so, you know, now at this point, it's like, I have Legion system set up. And I know that if it doesn't, if we're not able to crack the messaging Legion code in the first 12 months, it's dead. Like, there's no reason to keep trying to beat your head up against the wall. Yeah, I, I have the same scenario. I, I had this one company from an idea standpoint, I still to this day feel like it. Um, you know, the funny part is I've actually built six companies. Uh, I'm seven companies, but I say six companies because I forgot early on that I had this other company. And I just saw, I was like, oh, I can't say seven now because it was really six. But I had this one company called Credential Agent. And it was my best idea ever, right? A lot of my businesses have been more like, uh, executable businesses and not really a super unique idea. It's just you execute really well on the idea, right? Like in other words, it's competition in the space. There's, you know, you know, a lot of competition in the space and you just execute better. I mean, anybody who really, I, I have this one friend who says, if you come up with an idea for a business and no one's thought of it, there's right. a reason why no one's thought about it. Right? That's right. And I don't always agree with him, but I, 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 I still think that there's, you know, opportunities for that. But Anyway, so I had this one business called Credential Agent, and it, what it, it was a problem that I was saw that was going on in a marketplace, and it was we were dealing with these hospitals, and they uh, needed to keep employee credentials updated, mm -hmm. um, and like so nurses would have twenty 
credentials that would expire. That's the key. It needed to expire. So yep. their, their nursing license, their certifications, their, their background checks, their shots, all this stuff and things, right? And if you have 500 employees and you have 20 different expiration things for each employees, imagine you know, what's going on there, right? So we came up with software that would allow that to be automated. This is 15, 20 years ago, right? Wow. 15 years ago. And doesn't it sound like a good idea? That sounds great. That sounds fantastic. It's like a great idea, right? I, and, yeah. and there's a problem out there. We see it. There's, there is the potential for litigation if a nurse makes a mistake and they don't have their license in place. You know, it's like, it's like, whoa. And the way it was being done was, was being tracked through an Excel spreadsheet or just oh. a file. Okay. So, you know, listen, I thought, wow, we, we really got, and it's a SaaS business, which is amazing businesses. You yep. love SaaS businesses because oh, yeah. you get to work on the product and you don't have to really interact with clients as much. You don't need as many employees. It's kind of a great business. So I hired somebody who was good. I said, go, you know, find me some clients, you know, and, you know, she's at it for six months, nine months. We're getting into some sales cycles. It's not going, right? It's just not going. Tw 12 months. We're not closing any day. Get to a point where I say to somebody, I'm going to give it to you for free. We're going to update all your employee credentials because I needed somebody to have a case study on. Yeah. They didn't do it for free, right? Two, two different clients, right? Wow. I don't know if, I don't know if they're clients if they're not paying. So, but <laughs> so yeah. So, you know, finally I was like, you know, we did it for, I got another person that I hired to do it. I think we tried for two years and we got a few clients, not hospitals, just smaller, 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 but it was just too much work. And what we found out was the people didn't care. The, the organization, it's scary, right? Isn't it scary mm -hmm. that you got a hospital who doesn't care if a nurse's license is up to date, if her BLS is up to date? Uh, that's yeah. the, the terminology. And you're, you're, you know, uh, it's, and they just, it wasn't something that they really cared about. They didn't get sued on it. Right. They didn't really care. They thought it was being done now. It wasn't. We even, we even offered to come in and do audits, you know? And, uh, you know, I had an other businesses that were doing really, really well. So I, you know, I kind of lost interest in it and, but it was, it wasn't working and, and it wasn't going to pivot. I think we did start to pivot, you know, to other stuff. I'm not going to belabor it cause I'm talking too much, but, um, you have similar circumstances. Oh, of course. Yeah. And for me, like, uh, similar to you, I've had a number of companies that have made the fortune or Inc's fastest 5,000 growing companies list and, uh, having talked cracked the top 500. Uh, but that, that is a goal. Uh, and, and one of the things that we're always looking for is there has to be demand. So I, it was interesting. I was, I was having a conversation with an extremely talented practitioner just the other day and he approached me about a business idea that I've had, and I just don't have, I haven't had the bandwidth to go get it done and you need to have a great practitioner to do it. And he may be the best in the world at this particular item. And, uh, he hadn't done any research on the space. And, and I had, and I said, well, hey, there's lots of competition here. There's probably 
50 companies, maybe a hundred that do this. And he was like, Oh no, like that's terrible. And I said, no, that's great. I love that. That means that there's demand. That means that people need this. And it's interesting, Stephen, I saw a statistic, uh, probably a couple months ago now, but 20% of businesses fail because there's no market need for the business. Hmm. So that's just a phenomenal, one out of five. That's a phenomenal number. And um, I've seen that because I, a lot of my businesses are, are in marketing and advertising. I've seen that on repeat. People have great ideas. Man, this is going to change things. <laughs> and and it's true. I, I, I believe in the product. And I tell them like, listen, we won't, we will know within six months if you have a product that people want or not, if you spend X yep. amount of dollars. And yep. that freaks them out. <laughs> yeah. Because they're like, this is my baby. And I'm like, I know. And no one may want this. I'll give you a great example because it was it was really cool to me. There was a, a cleaning product that was all organic. Uh, it is stronger than bleach. But you could spray it on cuts. You could put it in. You could drink it. I don't recommend it, but you could do it. And it was non-toxic to the human body. Because what it was is it's the same substance that our white blood cell, every mammal's white blood cells make. Um, and it's completely non-toxic. So just imagine that. You have a cleaning chemical that's more powerful than bleach, but it's utterly harmless. We had lab studies that they paid, you know, 150 grand to get done and all that. I mean, it was super cool product. It's actually been around since the late 1800s, but um, they started trying to market it in the US. They got some, they got some luck. Uh, They launched it in February of 2020. (laughs) And so in 2020 and in 2021, uh, 2020, I think, you know, they launched in February, they did 2 million in revenue and we were doing their creative and whatever. And then in 2021, they did 5 million in revenue and raised another 5 million in, in uh, you know, venture capital and, and whatnot on top of that. And by 2022, no one cared. No one cared about COVID anymore. No one was worried about sending their kids to school anymore. They had very innovative products, but the reality was, there's a lot of money spent by the big boys, Johnson and Johnson, and and uh, uh, yeah. As soon as, as, soon as you of, said the product, I was like, oh boy, that's scary. That's a scary it's, it's, um, competition. It's yeah, the competition's huge. And of course, what did, what did the big boys do? They started P and G. They started releasing products that were similar, and they were calling them everyday cleaners and stuff like that. Same stuff. And uh, and so it was it was fascinating, Stephen, to watch them go. Oh, the market has dried up. No one wants to buy this anymore. And at that point, uh, in in uh, 2022 or late 21, I think is when we stopped working with them. And because uh, things kind of got weird, this is another story for another time. Things got weird, and I was like, "Hey, we're just not going to work together anymore." And by uh, February of this year, they declared bankruptcy because there was yeah. nothing there. So they went from doing five million in 2021 in revenue to. Hey, we can't pay our bills. It's done. Yeah, I I've actually also seen the reverse, which is like my my business pa- partner and I. We both click. So well, I have an amazing business partner. He's not only my business partner; he's my best friend too. But and again, that this has been from the last two businesses I've had over the last uh, twelve years. Um, he uh, when he and I, um, so the businesses we have right now, 
we're not going to start any more businesses because the businesses that we have right now do really well. Uh, they meet the quality of life that we want and they do really well. You just need to execute. We just need to continue to execute. They're both $25 million businesses. So they, we just need to execute on the businesses. That's, that's all we need to do. And, but um, through our history, him and I will come up with an idea and, you know, he's always pondering and, you know, uh, trying to put it together. So the way it works is I'm the marketing guy. I'm the guy who gets the lead generation going and, and he's the one who kind of figures out the back end and how to make it work. So, you know, the, the product or service or whatever. And um, so, so I'm, you know, he'll come up with an idea or will come up with an idea or I'll come up with an idea and we're going along and I, and I'll get to a point where I'm like, okay, we're ready to go. Let's go. And he'll be like, well, wait a minute. No, we got to do this and this. And this. I'm like, no. I go, we got to test it to see if it's going to respond well in the marketplace. Are going to people, are, are we going to be able to get leads for this? Are people interested? What are they going to ask for? You know, what, you know, and he's like, oh, okay. Right. So we're a great combination because you can have people like, you know, the, the detergent you talked about, the cleaning solutions. And I don't know if they were this way, where they're going to jump head first right into it. Or you can have other people who say, you know what, I don't want to do this yet. I'm not ready. And, and, you know, those type of things. I'm more on the fence with, okay, let's get it out there and let's give it a try and let's see. Now, let's do it inexpensively, right? Let's not spend $5 million and go right. do it. Let's test right. it and see what's going on. Um, and there's a lot of different ways you can do that. Um, but, you know, there's a little bit of both ways in entrepreneurship, isn't there? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think, you have to figure out what, you know, going back to the, the conversation of the core values and the right core values, you have to figure out what works for you. You know, one of the things that that I, I hear from you, Stephen, as we've talked, you've figured out what works for you and your business partner. Hey, this is great. We have the, the lifestyle that we want. We're not going crazy. Like we're, we're making the money that we need to make. We have these six businesses it's going well. I think that one of the things that I've seen over and over again is there's not uh, there's a lot of ways to reach your goals in entrepreneurship and business ownership. Yeah, And some people really want to be in the day-to-day. -day. Some people want to innovate. One of my, one of uh, my longest standing clients for years is a, a brilliant entrepreneur and business owner who took over her mother's business. That was fine. It was doing half a million dollars a year and she's turned it into a $12 million a year company. And uh, she spun up some other companies in addition to that. Um, one of the things that she really wanted was to be able to have the time and freedom to do whatever she wanted. And so she enjoys working uh, and she'll have seasons where she just won't show up to work. So she may have eight weeks where she's like, I'm tired. Uh, she has three kiddos, you know, like life is busy. Things are happening. She's like, so I'm going to live off my uh, house rental income and <laughs> not go into the yeah. office and my team's going to run it. And that's her preferred yeah. method of entrepreneurship versus other people that are like, man, I, I want to be there, you know, in doing the work. Uh, another friend who owned a chain of coffee shops, 
She wanted to be talking with her manager. She wanted to go talk to customers at each location. She wanted to make sure that the quality of each barista's you know, uh, work was at standard. Like she was exceptionally hands-on in her business and that was her preference. Um, And so I think that you just have to figure out what works for you, what doesn't work for you. And that goes not only for how you run the business, but also how you do marketing, how you do sales, how you do bookkeeping, how you do raises, how you do all those things really should be a reflection of your own core values and how you see the world. Yeah, well, I mean, you and I could talk all day. I know we could go on and on and on, right? Um, I, I'll tell you this. I'll just add this. It's so much easier running a business when you have when you've hired the right people who you like that you get along with, um, and and that you've you know that you've done the the um, uh, you've done the basics first of you know having uh, knowing what you're looking for, knowing the culture, knowing job description, all those things. It makes just makes it easier to run a business. So listen, that's really kind of all the time we have today. It was a really great conversation. I'd like to thank Dave uh, Valentine from Avidel Agency for coming on today. Uh, if you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. And please give us a review if it's five stars on the app itself. That really helps us get the word out. And if you're looking for a line of credit for your business, please visit us at fscreditline.com. Again, it's FS as in financing solutions, creditline.com. David, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, you can reach out to me, Dave at davevalentine.co. That is my personal email address. Uh, I also am very active on social media at realdval, R-E-A-L-D-V-A-L on Twitter, Instagram, even TikTok, as long as it's still available. And uh, we're posting on a regular basis so you can find me in all those spots. Yeah. So, I mean, summary of today, from what I heard from Dave, within the topic, let's at least what I what we were talking about, because, <laughs> um, you know, which was, you know, I, I like it was really interesting to hear the minimum salary of $75,000. I thought that that was very, very interesting that he said. Uh, number two was looking for employees that might be really, really good at running a business or starting another business. I th- thought that was very, very interesting uh, and unique. And of course, we all we we you know beat it to death. The idea that you know really identifying the culture of your company and those type of things and the type of people that you want that fit into your culture. Uh, it is really critical to success. And I hear that over and over again from, you know, various, uh, so many different entrepreneurs. So other than that, I wish everybody the best day. Just remember this. It takes 10 years to be a good business owner. Uh, the more time you put it in during those 10 years, maybe you get up there a little faster, but you know, it takes a while, you know, just keep learning. Have a great day, everybody.